Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, we are starting on our theme for this month. You know that the theme for the entire year is on building. Last month, we talked about our God, a builder. This month, we are going to talk about steps to building or cultivating a spiritual mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to verse 8, in the New Living Translation, it reads as follows. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Oftentimes, people don't understand how important their mind is when it comes to their faith in God. For the purposes of our lesson, please allow me to use the word brain and mind interchangeably. All right? To mean one and the same. But if you do not ever learn that the mind is important, what you think, how you think, how to deal with thoughts can either add to your walk with God or it can be a setback. Verse 6 there says, when we let our minds be controlled by the sinful nature, it leads to death. The death that the Bible talks about is not necessarily physical death. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The death that the Bible talks about means being separated from the life and the nature of God. That's what it's referring to. So when our mind is controlled by the sinful nature, as the Bible says, it will cause us to be separated from the life and the nature of God. Romans 12 reads, verse 1 and 2, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship God. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, after we get saved, we have to deal with our minds because our thinking can be the greatest hindrance to us fulfilling what God has called us to do. Then it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So God is far more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstances. God is interested in our minds changing. Look at your neighbor's not saying amen. See, now you don't even want to change your mind about saying amen. God is far more interested in what is happening in us than what is happening to us. Because no transformation takes place in our lives unless our mind is dealt with and our thoughts begin to change. So it's important that we note that our mind, and as the Bible says in the main scripture we've read, having a spiritual mind or the mind of the spirit as the Bible calls it, it leads to life. In other words, our thought patterns, how we deal with the thoughts, how we, what we think about, what we dwell on in our minds has a great effect on our walk with God. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, why is it important for me to manage my thought life? I mean, why can't I just think on whatever I want to think on? Yeah? Why can't I just allow my mind to go whichever way and act on any thought that comes my way? Number one, first of all, your thought life controls your life. The reason I need to manage my thought life is because, number one, my thoughts controlled my life. In fact, every single action that we take begins with thoughts. You don't just act without thinking. 
Therefore, if you don't think it, you won't do it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Whether the thoughts are good or bad, if they are acted upon, if you think it, then you'll end up doing it. Very often, people allow negative thoughts to stay in their minds and persist in staying. So every single action begins in our thoughts. No wonder even in the courts of law, you know, when they sentence certain people, they say, you know, they, they are sentencing them because the judgment is they had, they committed what they call premeditated murder. In other words, they didn't just kill somebody, they thought about it. They thought how they're going to do it. So every single action begins in our thought life. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. This is what it says. It says, be careful what you think. Why? Because your thoughts run your life. <laughs> be careful what you think. Because your thoughts run your life. Could it be that I am the sum total of all my thoughts? You are here today because of your thought life. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't think about coming. Oh, or some of you, you just dropped here? Huh? Today's English version reads, be careful what you think, watch this, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. See, our life is shaped by our thought life. So we need to be careful what we think. Now, therefore, know this. If you accept your thoughts, whether they are right thoughts or wrong thoughts, they will shape your life. You know, sometimes we find there are areas in our lives where if, if people push you in that area, you snap. All of us. Or, or some of us. I include me. And you find in those areas where we snap or where we lose it is because somebody in the past either did something or said something or wrote something or observed something. You know, maybe they said something about your hair or your ears or your nose or, or your mouth or your eyes or your ears or your magwegwe or your height or, or your weight or your color or, what, or your clothes. And you find in those areas where we were mistreated, you know, and people said something and it hurt you, even if you're a grown-up adult now, if people deal with you when they go to that area, it may be an uncle who has even passed on. Ever since he said something about your nose, even today, you still live in the reality of what he said, even if, in other words, he has a remote control right in his grave, controlling your life with it. Yeah. Why? Because whatever we think on shapes our life. There are people who are very handsome and very pretty, but they don't believe it. There are pretty people who believe they're ugly. And they still want to change the way their nose looks like. Look at the person next to you and say, it looks like he's talking about somebody I know. <laughs> and then you think, if I only had half the looks of those people, I would put it on Facebook, I would tweet about it, I would put it on Instagram, I would... But the person, when you congratulate them, instead of taking your compliments in a nice way, they say, yes, marry. Yeah, I know, Mara, my feet are too long. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Tell your neighbor, I think he's talking about somebody that you know. But you see, our thoughts control us. There are people who are capable. There are people who have gifts and talents. But if you don't believe it, if your thoughts is that you, you, you are not that way, it's going to be a problem. Now, you know, it's important that we must understand. If you accept your thoughts, let me say it again. Whether they are right or wrong thoughts, they will shape your life. Now, as much as we go through emotions and feelings, feelings really don't shape our life. What shapes our lives, what shapes our lives is what we believe. And what we believe is influenced by what we hear and what we think. If you think that you are a no good loser of a person, 
If this is what you think and what you believe, you will become the outcome of your life and it will become the reality of your life. Even if, I want to say it again, even if what was said is not true, but if you believe it, it will control your life. All right? So that's the first thing. I need to make sure that I manage my thoughts because my thoughts control my life. Number two, I need to manage my thoughts because my mind is the battleground. My mind, your mind, is the battleground for sin. All temptation begins in the mind and happens in the mind. Sins of pride, bitterness, anger, hate, worry, it all begins in the mind. Romans 7, 22 and 23 and 24 in the Living Bible, it says, I do, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. This is Paul writing. He said, in so far as my new nature, now that I have received Christ and I'm a new creature in Christ, in my heart, I really want to do right. Let's tell the truth. The day you got born again, eh? you, you, you know something began in you. You really want to please God. Isn't that right? Oh, you, you don't want to please God. You don't want to please God. I see the people in front here not saying amen. You mean you, mean you don't want to please God. You, don't, you, don't, you all don't want to please God in the front here. You, you all don't want to please God in the front. You want to please God? I don't know about you, but I want to please God. When I became a Christian, I wanted to please God. That's what Paul says. He says, insofar as my inward nature is concerned, my new nature is concerned, I want to please God. But there is something else deep within me in my lower nature, that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be, to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. Paul says the battle is here in the mind. And note he uses the word war, the word fight, the word slave, the word enslave. It's a war. There's a battle in your brain. There's a persistent, continuous battle going on in our minds. If that is true, then it means my mind is my most valued asset. And that is why, therefore, Satan wants to control it. Right? Satan wants to put thoughts in your mind, thoughts that are contrary to what God says about you. Satan wants to put thoughts of fear, intimidation, he wants to put thoughts of condemnation, low self-esteem. He wants to put thoughts that God doesn't care about you, God doesn't love you, God is far from you. And if that's how you think, and that's the way you think, that's exactly how you're going to react. I'm telling you. Satan will put thoughts in your mind about people, that they don't like you, they're ganging up against you. You know, you can pass the road and see people talking and laughing and Satan will say, but Sarah, away. <laughs> and you can so much stop and want to confront them. So Satan wants to put thoughts in our mind all the time. We're going to say it later, but I'm going to say it now. You know, there are, there are three sources of thoughts. First of all, it's thoughts that come from God. Thoughts that come from God, how will you know them? They will be consistent with God's word. Number two, there are thoughts that come from you as an individual. Thirdly, there are thoughts that Satan plants in our minds. We'll read that scripture in a few weeks to come. That's where it says, and Satan entered people's, enters Peter's heart. See, the word heart is used in a broad sense. Satan can plant thoughts in your mind. I mean, you can be in a, in a very powerful, holy time of worship in your, at home when you are praying and you are seeking God and then thought comes that, well, he puts out a vow. Where do you come from? Here I am, I'm worshiping God at home, I'm praying, and there's this evil thought. So if you don't know, you'll think it came from you. No, it didn't come from you, it came from Satan. But it doesn't matter the source of the thought. If you don't believe it, if you don't act on it, it will not control your life. Not only does Satan want to control your mind, the world wants to control your mind. See, there's a battle for what you think. So what happens? This is why then the world suggests to us, media, television, I mean right now all political parties, they really want to get in your thought life. And there's nothing wrong. That's why they present their manifesto. 
They want you to see how good they are. So if you can think it, you'll vote it. That is if you have registered. And I encourage you to register if you haven't registered. Yeah. That's what the advertising industry is about. They know how to package what they want you to believe. You know? I mean, advertising is about you. It's about them making you feel incomplete without their product. You know, I heard in the first service, oh, she's here, my young person, she's here, yeah. She told me that the latest iPhone is iPhone XS. Something like right? Am I still on point? iPhone XS, is that right? Is XS, eh? That's the latest iPhone, you know. Next, let's say iPhone 8. Isn't it amazing these people, when they advertise the phone, they don't just hold it and say iPhone 8. No, they don't, they don't advertise like that. No, 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 no. They advertise the features and they, 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 they make you feel like, you know, your, 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 your life is complete, with, complete when you have this phone. When you have this phone, you'll always be happy all the time. Yeah, and you can use all these features of this phone. And you know, I find it very strange when we buy these products. You know, we buy it and we only use two or three features or five features on the phone. Come on, let's talk now. Come on, let's talk now. Some of you, you only use your phone for the tweets, for Instagram, for WhatsApp. Some of you for please call me. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, really. Then, of course, you can go on the internet, you can do the banking and all that. And you find of the 50 things they say the phone can do, you're only using five. Mara, you paid for 50. They, they really know how to get it into your head to really believe if I have this phone, my life is complete. And the minute you get it, they introduce another one. Yeah, they keep you in a state of always being short of something. It's called psychological obsolescence. That's what it's called by the psychologist. It's a state of being discontented. You always feel you are not complete. Yeah. And even when they advertise something like Lux, for instance, you know, the soap called Lux. I mean, if they, are, if they are selling you the soap, why don't they put it on the table and say Lux and just zoom in with the camera? No. No, 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 no. They want to plant certain things in your mind. So what do they do? They get a very beautiful woman. Oh, come on now. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. They get a very beautiful woman to wash with Lux. They are trying to subconsciously make you believe that if you wash with lux, you will look like her. Mara, it hasn't happened at all. Look at her neighbor and say, whoa, I can see it hasn't happened at all. Hey! <laughs> but you see, it's a, it's a battle for what we think. It's a battle for our minds. So there's a battle, what do you think? Why? Because, watch this, whatever gets your attention, gets you. Yeah. If you can get your attention, ah, uh, it's going to get you. Number three, I need to manage my thoughts because my mind is the key to peace and happiness. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm thinking in this series, hopefully this month, Bazarana, we will, we will venture a little bit into uh, uh, the, the dealing with mental, mental illnesses. You know, I mean, Bazarana, we, we, I mean the, the, the rate of suicides in our country and, and, and mental illness, and it's on the rise. Yeah, the world we live in, eh? with all the gadgets we have, eh? and all the advancement of the, of the 21st century, eh? we are talking about the fourth industrial revolution, eh? we are talking about artificial intelligence, all, 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 all these things we are talking about. But it, we, we are a people who are not well. Yeah. In fact, we'll do it. You, you love it. One of the things Jesus said when he talked about the anointing, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to pronounce liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind. Then he says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Right? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, bring deliverance to the captive. And he says to let the oppressed go free. And when you read it properly, Jesus, one of the things he said, he said, not only am I anointed to deal with people spiritually, but this anointing is there to heal. When he said to heal the brokenhearted, when you study, it is not just about people who are, who are sad. No, it has to do with depression. Jesus said, I'm anointed to help people with depression. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, we're going to talk about that. But you see, our mind is the battleground. Watch this, Barcelona. An unmanaged mind leads to tension. A managed mind leads to tranquility. An unmanaged mind leads to pressure. A managed mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict and chaos. A managed mind leads to confidence. An unmanaged mind leads to stress. A managed mind leads to strength, security, and serenity. Look at Romans 8, verse 6 in the New Living Translation. Watch what it says. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. So if the mind is not controlled properly or place under the leadership and the rulership of the Holy Spirit and God's word leads to death. Like I said, this is not about talking about dying, going into the grave. But it's about the chaos, the disquietness, all these things that happen in our lives. No peace, no joy, dissatisfaction, being discontented, always wanting something. And when you get this one, you want that one. Huh? Huh? I mean, you see people stealing. I mean, you rich people stealing. He's got money, Mara, stealing. I mean, how many cars can you have? Eh? How many houses can you own? Huh? How many cars can you drive at the same time? Rich, stealing? Not just stealing, stealing from the poor, no car. Yeah, but, but see, that's what happens. That's what happens in us. See, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Married, have a good home. Marawata ulochit. Olatula yano. You are working a good job. They are paying you well. Maru, you are stealing. Latula yano. Oh yeah, but you see, when we let the sinful nature control our mind, it leads to death. Oh yeah, but then it says, but letting the spirit. Control your mind leads to life and peace. You see, a, a mind, a mind, a mind submitted to the word of God, to the spirit of God will bring peace. Even when things around you are not okay. Oh, I see that peace coming into your life in Jesus' name. I said, may that peace be the portion of your life. Leads to peace. Leads to peace. Every day, you and I, we have three choices to make on a daily basis in order to have a healthy mind. Three choices. One, I have to feed my mind. Feed my mind. Two, I have to free my mind. Three, I have to focus my mind. Now, we'll just talk with, about the first one today. We won't deal with the other ones. Number one, I have to? I have to do what? I have to do what? I'd like to hear you some more. I have to do what? Number two, I have to? I have to do what? Number three, I have to? Focus my mind. Let's talk about feeding my mind. Feed your mind with the truth on a daily basis. 
fill your mind with the truth. For me, I start with the truth of God's word and other things that are truthful. I feed your mind on the truth. You know, there is so much information out there that is not true at all. When it comes to God, it's worse. Even if it has nothing to do with God, just the facts of life. Yeah, that's why some of us, even when we read newspapers, we read it with a pinch of salt. Because sometimes they spice it up. Because if you are there at the event and you read the article, you wonder if you and the journalists, some of these journalists, not all of them, if you are at the same event, you wonder. Feed your mind on the truth. Avoid I don't know how to say it in English. <coughs> you know, there's things that are said out there that are not true at all. Not true at all. I was laughing this, this, this week. We, 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 we were in one of our meetings. One of our leaders was telling us something, and I laughed. He, he knows somebody that they grew up with or they were at school together somehow. And, and this person happened to come to the church. I don't know when. And, and so he's telling them, hey, where's that grace? Are they there? <laughs> People sit according to positions. At Ikulu, they sit all in the front. So, so all of you in the front, Ikulu, you are, you are, you, you are not only VIPs. You are V V V V V VIPs, according to this guy. He says in the front is only V V V VIPs who sit there. You are not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> And then after that is the leaders. Yeah. So when you come, they make you sit at the back. They, he didn't tell them that he arrived late at church. <laughs> so, so this leader said, oh. So he said, I was very interested. He said, he said yeah, there. If, if you are not an anybody, you can't sit in the front. You must be a somebody in the church. And he's speaking as an authority. You know some of these people. You know some people who speak as though they know me here. They say, Minano Bishop, we are here. I know you. Hey. And then this person said, he said, so he said, so how, so how was it in the service? He said, nah, the service was okay. He said, you know, that guy has got some magical powers. He said, I was sitting there. The singing and the preaching. He said, my monk, Madame, right. I was like this. When I left, I was like this. I don't know what he did to me, but I was like this. Lots of stories. The one guy who's attending church now, he used to live in the, he lives in the neighborhood even now. He, he once told me, we, we had a long conversation. He was telling me the stories he used to hear about our church before he attended. He said, the people were saying, there, if you don't have so much money, you don't go. <laughs> hey, yeah, you must have a car. I mean, there's a lot of people sitting here who don't have cars. Come on, come on. Let's tell the truth, huh? Let's tell, let, those of us who don't have cars, let's raise our hands. We don't have cars. We don't have cars. It's takes, yeah. Yeah, this guy said to the other one said, the other one was, was at the hair saloon. And they're sitting with my, one of my, my family members. They sit there. When the offering comes, they, they take it all to the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes all the paper money. And all the coins, he goes and dumps them in the empty place so the people in the neighborhood can come and get the empty. <laughs> You know, when I was a young pastor, it used to disturb me. Now I just laugh. There's a lot of fake news out there. Yeah. And some of you are allowing yourself to be controlled by that. Yeah. I know growing up as a child, you know, there are certain homes where we used to have stories. There was this house in the neighborhood. They, they told us that the woman there. No, I'm honest with you. They said, he said, and you know, the, the, she, the, she had a tree. The, she had a tree in front of her house. A peach tree. Beautiful, beautiful peaches. Beautiful peaches. So we like to steal the peaches. 
You know what she did? She just tied something on the tree. Just tied it. I tell you, we... The peaches, we never, we never touch them. Never. No, no. We have grown up with those kinds of stories. And you know what I found out? The more I've grown, the more I've looked at things, the more I realized there's a lot of stories out there. We are fed lies out there. We believe lies out there. You see somebody prospering, there's a story that he's stealing or he's killing people. And then we hear all these stories. And then you discover there's no snake. There's no fan. Is that because they work harder than you? Let's tell the truth. Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a hand. They just work harder than you. And if you ever become their friend, you'll realize they think differently, they operate differently, they believe differently. You'll realize they have certain disciplines that you don't have. But the truth is they just do what you're not doing. It's not a matter of anything they have that you don't have. Can I hear an amen in this house? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But we are fed lies. Feed on the truth. Of God's word. Even when you hear stuff, verify it. I refuse to believe negative things about people. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. For the most part, I've realized through my journey now, for these years I've been a leader and have related with people around the world, leaders and people from all levels of life. Is when you become close to them, you discover that, ha, what these people are saying is not true. Some people, they say he's so proud. You get close to them, their brother is not proud. No, they're not proud at all. They're nice people. So strict. They are strict, but you realize that strictness is because of principles. Oh, yeah. Feed your mind on the truth. Yeah. Don't have a scapegoat for things. Don't go for the easy way out to excuse yourself in failing in what you're doing. Don't think the other person has something that you don't have. Feed your mind on the truth. It's worth you sometimes going into the room and looking at yourself in the mirror and say, yes, you are the problem in the mirror. Not the other person. You don't like my preaching now. Look at your neighbor and say, even if you don't say amen, he's going to preach more, so you might as well say more amens. You better say amen. Watch this. Just like good nutrition is good for your body, and bad nutrition is harmful for your body. Bad thoughts are harmful for your life. So you need to be selective as to what you feed your mind on. The truth is this. If you look at the best people around the world and the best leaders around the world, they make decisions based on the best information. And sometimes leaders made big mistakes because they were ill-advised. I want to say to you and submit to you that even for you, you need the best information in your life to make the best decisions concerning your life. It will help you. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Wow. God says, my child, pay attention to my words. Incline closely to what I say. Don't ever forget my words. Keep them always in your mind. Why, God? They are the key. Ah. They are the key to life. For those who find them, they bring health to the whole body. God says, pay attention to my words. God is simply saying, use my word as a filter for right and wrong, truth and error. Familiarize yourself with God's word. Let that be a filter. Let that be the filter. You know, people say God doesn't love you. Is that what the Bible says? God doesn't want to heal you. Is that what the Bible says? Use God's word as a standard. Let it be a standard for us, for our values. Let it be a standard for our morality. Let it be a standard by the way we live. You know, I've realized if, if, if people can read the book of Proverbs in G. I tell the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs was written by the sages. The, these are the wise, wise men who in their writing, they were writing to their sons, to their children to give them advice about life. 
You know, elderly people, they can give you advice about life. Why? Because they, they have their own share of problems. Yeah, they know what they did that they shouldn't have done. And they're trying to say to the young person, please don't do that because when I did that, this is what it led to. So in the book of Proverbs, we have, I'd suggest you read it. I used to read that book so much as a, a young Christian. I still read it today. But I read it much more as a young Christian. You know, it talks about everything. Relationships, how to behave when you are invited for lunch. <laughs> serious, 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 serious. It tells you, it tells you, it tells you, it tells you, it says, when you are invited for lunch, put a knife on your, on your throat. What it means is that, uskaja too much. Oh, you don't like my preaching, do you? You don't like my preaching, do you? It also tells you how to respond to somebody who's angry. A soft, a soft answer turns away wrath. Then too much in the multitude of 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 words there's sin. So then if you don't say much, even if you are not wise, people will think you are clever. I've just paraphrased what it says. You see. So, but, but if you are chacharach, anyhow, but go read the book of Proverbs. So in the book of Proverbs, I'm going to read something here in, 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 in Proverbs 3. But before we do that, the New Living Translation reads in Proverbs chapter, the one we've just read, Proverbs 4. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your hearts, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their body. So in Proverbs 3, this sage, this wise person, writes to the child and tells them about wisdom. And when you read the book of Proverbs, you find wisdom refers to the word of God. And, and they speak of wisdom in the first person as though, and give wisdom personality, and give it attributes of she, you know. So I'm going to read that. This is, a, this is a sage, and they're talking to the son, and, and in turn they're talking to us. Huh? They're telling us. Listen to what they say. They say, happy is the man or the woman who finds wisdom. In other words, if you find God's word, if you read God's word, if you rely on God's word, you'll be happy. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Huh. For her proceeds are better than the profit of silver. And her gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Uri, don't, don't run after riches and honor. Run after the word of God. Mara, the word of God, Yona, will in the process give you riches and honor. Oh, yeah. Start with God's word. Make God's word your pursuit. Make the truth of God's word the pursuit. Make it number one in your life. It's going to add to you. Verse 17. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. When you are sleeping in that house that you built, you will not be having nightmares thinking that maybe you'll end up in the inquiry and then we will find out. <laughs> Verse 18. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Then it says, by the way, the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. And by understanding, he established the heaven. And by his knowledge, the dams were broken up and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so there will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. I see you not stumbling in the name of Jesus because of the truth of God's word. Verse 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down in your sleep. Because your sleep will be sweet. 
Talk about peace of mind. Talk about peace of mind. Urubale. Urone. Utswedi tet. Ubelidi talk. Uburilize CO2. I tell you. Hey. <laughs> oh, your neighbor doesn't know what CO2 is. Explain to them, explain to them, explain to them. Just explain to them. I tell you. <laughs> Some people, they want to act like, ah, I never do any of that. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, hey, oh, thoughts, why too? I see some tensions in the church here. <laughs> I see some of you. You are not sure because you are sitting next to an elderly person, so you don't know what. <laughs> I tell you, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. I will remember this sermon for many years to come. Remember, this sermon is going to be on TBN. Okay, we're going to show those shots. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, Basalan, I didn't mean to laugh like that, but that's really. I think some of you, your faces have been deprived for a long time. Tell your neighbor, your face won't crack when you laugh. Amen. Somebody said, I have the joy of the Lord deep in my heart. Yeah, Mara, your face doesn't show. Matthew 4, 4, it says, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me conclude. If we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God, that means the Bible is our owner's manual. That's the standard of truth. If anything goes wrong with this gadget, I go to the owner's manual. If this gadget doesn't have peace, I go to the owner's manual to check what, what went wrong. Where, where can I reboot? Must I download new programs? Must I update? Yeah. If there's no victory in this gadget, if there's no healing in this gadget, I go to the owner's manual. Let God's word be the truth of your life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Make it a point you surround yourself with God's word early in the morning. And nibble on it. When you wake up during the day, we'll pick up on that in the next lesson. David talks about it. says, early in the morning I rise and, and I listen to your word. During the day, I, I, even at night. Create that atmosphere, Mzalon, of God's word in your life. I'm not saying don't read the news. I'm not saying don't watch television. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, start, start, I, I, I was saying uh, to our pastors, you know, God's word is filled with promises that give hope. When you read them, they give you a reason to live. Start your day with hope and not with disappointment. Start your day with God's word. I mean, uh, that podcast, listen to the preaching. I do that, wake up, listen to the word. I have an iPod, listen to it. You know, when I'm cleaning, listen to it. Yesterday I was listening to music and, you know, I, I was listening to good gospel music, working, doing this. Just fill yourself with that. You know what that does? It may not change your life that day. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It may not change your life that day. But the more you make a deposit, the more you make a deposit, it stays in your mind. You, you, you start looking at life differently. You know, you, you start realizing, I don't have to live as a victim. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Oh, you start realizing, I don't have to put up with sickness and disease. Eh? Because by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Can I hear an amen? 
I don't, I don't have to allow that tokoloshi to always be running on my roof. I have power and authority in the name of Jesus. Is that changing the way you think? Yeah, it's not changing the way you think. I'm telling you. I'm t- Many people are saying, I don't know why this is happening in my life. Why is this? And then I say, you know what? Look at the spiritual diet that you're eating on Nakokai. Some of you, you are starving yourself. You only have one meal per week, which is the Sunday service. Saluja want Only for, for 45 minutes, one hour preaching, that's all. Even the notes you took, you don't check them. You don't read them. You don't buy CDs. You don't download. You don't download the podcasts. There's nothing. There's no nothing, nothing. No, but the whole time you are watching news, nothing wrong with that. Reading newspapers, nothing wrong with that. Listening to current music. Or it's a, and, I, and I was telling my, my children, I said, look, music today, some of the music today, if they're all talking about rape and sex and, and, and drugs and alcohol, what do you think is going to happen to your life if this is what you're listening to all the time? And I know it's it, 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 it said in coded language. Some of us, we know that language. We understand what you mean by what you say. If you think we don't know what those things mean. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, guy. Right, I don't think I don't know until I look at that. Cut it, cut it, cut it. think we don't know what you're talking about we know what you're talking about if that's all that you listen to no wonder your life is the way it is oh yeah oh yeah don't blame it on God don't blame it on the devil don't blame it on flying saucers you the man you the woman you the one listening to it but what a difference when you listen to the word of God. Ah. What a difference. What a difference. When you listen to gospel music. Uh, what, what, what a difference. What a difference. What a, is, it, is it Cindy Cobb who sings that song? She sings. Oh, you don't even. Eh? Natasha. Tasha Cobb. Yeah, Tasha Cobb. Not Cindy. Tasha Cobb. I was listening to her yesterday. Several songs that she sings. Oh, she can sing that woman. Hey. There's an army rising. I was listening to it and I was, I was watching it. You know, instead of cut it. Oh, no, no. I don't know. And I was listening to her worshiping. And I thought, you go to bed, that's ringing in your mind. You wake up in the morning, that's ringing in your mind. But even better, when crisis comes. That comes up in your spirit. I see you rising up by the power of God. I said, I see you rising up by the power of God. But it cannot rise up if you never put it in there. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will remind you. You you get reminded of what you knew before. If there's nothing, there's nothing to remind you of. Feed on God's word. Nibble on it. Nibble on it, just like you nibble on food. Feed on it again and again and again. Feed on the truth of God's word and God will help you. Father, we thank you today that you're a good God. We bless your name because the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing and your presence. We pray that you'll help every one of us, Father. That today we make a decision. Say it with me, Heavenly Father. I make a decision today to feed my mind on the word of the living God. I will feed my mind on your word. I will not allow myself to feed on mental food that's not good for me. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Thank you for the truth of your word. It brings light, truth, revelation in Jesus' name. 
Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. Nobody moving around, nobody leaving. Some of you are here, maybe for the first time, or it might not be your first time. And as you've been listening to God's word today, you realize that God is interested in you. God is interested in your life. And this gospel that we preach is practical. It's not a theory. It's not just rules and do's and don'ts. It's principles that are practical for our lives. And one of the things God wants to do is to come into your heart and change you and make you a child of God. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I want to pray with you this morning. If you want to receive Christ in your life, you want to ask God to give you a new start. You look at the way you've lived and you feel, you know, I didn't live in a way that has honored God. You didn't know how. But today you want to have a fresh start and invite Jesus to come into your heart. And right where you are, you are saying, please pray for me. Pray with me. I want to make it a turn in my life and take a new step in my life. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Nobody moving around. If you need the prayer and you want to commit your life to God this morning, would you raise your hand right where you are, please? Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Raise it up all over the place. All over the place. Thank you. I see some hands in the foyer as well. Thank you. In the auditorium here. Thank you. In all the sites where you are watching, wherever you are, whether you are in Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Dubai, whether you are in Midrand, wherever you are, in the congregation there, raise your hand as well. Right where you are, there are people there who are going to help you. Just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. May I ask all the people who raise their hands, would you please stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet right where you are. Just stand on your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Right at the back there, right at the back there in the, in the foyer. Just stand right all over the place, all over the place. Stand, stand, stand. I see some in the dome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we do this because we know that Jesus Christ is able to change lives. God is able to transform our lives and put our life on the right track. I want to pray with you all. Those of you who are standing, you can put your hands down, but I'm going to invite you all. Take all your belongings, please. Your Bible, your bag, any personal belongings of yours. Take them in your hands. And I'm going to ask you just to walk from where you are. Walk all the way to the front. We want to pray together. We'll wait for you. Come on. Just come right now.